The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Measure Success Podcast, where we feature top leaders on how they measure success in their business and life. Now, let's learn from their experiences. Carl J. Cox here. I'm the host of the Measure Success Podcast, where I talk with top leaders about effective strategies that inspire success. This episode is brought to you by 40 Strategy. At 40 Strategy, we provide strategic planning consulting to help organizations realize and achieve their dreams. Tommy, basically what we do is we help companies come up with these strategic plans and measure the right KPIs for success. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about this beforehand. Only 10% of organizations actually get two-thirds of their strategic objectives done. And I don't know about you, but I think that's pretty crazy that it's that bad. Sad, actually. Very sad. <laughs> I think guys, guys like out you and a whole bunch of others exist, but it sounds like you're rocking and rolling, brother. Thank you for being you. Uh, well, it, it is uh, a lot of opportunity. Let's just say that. And so, you know, at, at, at 40 Strategy, you're passionate about success. That's why organizations call us to help. Um, please reach out. at So you, people realize if you actually focus on the right key performance indicators, Harvard's Business Review says you can triple your success. So you can contact as a catch, like catch a ball at 40strategy.com, or you can actually uh, check out our website at 40strategy.com. So with that, we're going to have our um, quick little shout out. This is kind of a fun one, Linda Ramey. Um, yes, this is to you. You are the, you know, when I first started this podcast, I didn't know if anybody would listen to it. Now there's been thousands of downloads, which is pretty darn exciting. And uh, when we had actually uh, didn't have one week of an episode, you reached out and texted my wife and said, where is Carl's? Is anything going wrong? And I want to listen to it. So anyways, Linda, thank you so much for being a loyal listener. If you are the only one, thank you. Uh, we are here for you. Uh, and Linda is also a successful entrepreneur, uh, lovely married, um, love you person, married to Matt, and, and actually is one of the most energetic people that I've ever met. So thank you for being a loyal fan of the Measure Success Podcast. You are the best. And then from that, we have Tommy. Um, Tommy, we'll talk about how we uh, connected here in a moment, but Tommy Breedlove is a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller and Atlanta-based business relationship and mindset coach who is regularly featured and speaker at global events. Um, He started his 20-year corporate career at one of the largest consulting firms in the world and eventually became a shareholder, international practice leader, and member of the board of directors for one of the largest public accounting and financial firms in the southeastern United States. At that time of his career, Tommy experienced a transformational moment. I inspired him to walk away from the corporate world, which was must have been pretty freaking scary, change his life, and follow his true calling. Tommy now serves clients and audiences empowering by empowering them to build alive legendary lives. As uh, this book, as I have listened, we'll talk uh, quite a bit about that called Legendary. Um, he serves clients and audiences, empowering them to build and live legendary lives. He guides people to discover a life of significance while building a lasting legacy. The simple tools he shares shows how to work in their zone of brilliance, obtain financial confidence, live with meaning and balance. And the goal is to help everybody become the person they've always wanted to be, which is mm. huge. 
Absolutely mm-hmm. huge. Uh, when you're not speaking and serve your clients, you enjoy traveling the world, hiking, spending time, quality time with your wife and two dogs. And I recall the first time we talked, I think you were you were getting your dogs uh, hustled around about uh, on our first conversation. And uh, Tommy, it is a pleasure to have you on the Measure Success podcast. Carl, I am humbled and honored, my brother, to be here. We've had an unbelievable 15 or 20 minutes off air. So it's going to be a, an amazing whatever time we spend together, man. I'm excited to be here. That's right. We he was kind enough to extend our time because I was like, oh crap, we already missed our time that we're gonna have to be able to record this. So thank you, Tommy, for sparing a few extra moments of your life uh, so we could do this. Um, everyone, hang on your seats. This is not gonna be your ordinary podcast. I have a, a uh, oh, I know, I just know that's how it's gonna go. So, Tommy, what in the heck do you do? Um, how you know? How are you changing people's lives? What's going on? Yeah, brother, this fell in my lap. So I'm just so grateful and humbled to be able to do this for a living and walking away from a big corporate career to do it, man. So essentially, I run one-on-one coaching, retreats, conferences, and group programs to help men and women build legendary lives. Um, Our primary goal is to get people into a retreat where they can build trust, they can build connections, they can have authentic conversations about what they need in their business, what they need in their money, what they need in their life and their relationships. So that together we can lean in and be a little bit better than when we started and constantly sharpening that pencil to live a life of significance, purpose, to be the masters of our time. And so that we can wake up each and every day excited. And when our preciously short time on this earth stops that we leave it with as little regrets and should have would have could have as possible brothers so that's what we do man yeah yeah that it's it's it, it, very inspiring it's a incredible part behind it so you uh, when i was talking with uh your team and and a little bit of behind what you do you've obviously shared it directly behind what you do as well so what one of the pieces that you do is you, you'll get people connected basically whatever we want to call it, mastermind program, people are getting connected. So I've been on a lot of these different types and sometimes they work really well and sometimes they don't as much, but it sounds like this is really making a transformational difference even in those. Why? What, what, what's, what's pushing people to be more connected than they typically would? Where not only they're connecting with you, but they're connecting with the people within that they're with all, all in a Zoom type, you know, right? Relationships. So explain what's, what's the secret sauce there? The secret sauce is we do not let anyone join our mastermind program, which is our top level group program, without having gone through our legendary life foundational retreat. So what does that do? Well, first of all, you're getting a group of ambitious driven people together somewhere between eight and 12 people together in a very safe, a very remote and a very rustic location where there's no cell phones, there's no computers. These are ambitious people with families. And so to get them to step away, and there's a whole lot of pre-work before we'll just let them walk through the retreat house door. There's a whole lot of work that goes into that. There's a whole lot of discerning and interviewing. But when we get them in, all they got to do is show up with an open mind and courage. But when they get there and they disconnect and they see that they're not alone and whatever thing it is that they are desiring or want to work on, and we take them through an intense personal journey There's little to no business. We do do some business on leadership while we're there, but it's three and a half days with like-minded people and the program is facilitated and designed and it's intense, man. It's intense, but it's in a beautiful part of the Appalachian mountains and they build connection. They build trust. They know what value they stand for and what we stand for by the time they leave. So they have spent three days together 
And through that, through a very facilitated process, they go, we go deep and then out and then deep and then out. And there's great food and it's just beautiful. And literally we got to kick them out at the very end. And then at that point, they look at us and we look at them and say, are they a fit for our, which is our highest level product, our legendary life mastermind. And so I think that's the secret sauce because it takes so much time to build trust. It takes so much time to build connection. And we take them through purpose and personal mission statement and forgiveness and relationships, all the thing that's truly important. And then the last day is truly, so they're working in small groups and, and two on twos and then in the big group. And then at the very last day, we take them into the past, present, and future for them, their businesses, their lives, their families. And it's just a powerful personal accountability, trust connection. And I think that's what separates us apart because it takes so much time and people have so much going on in their lives and their businesses and time is so sensitive. But when you can, you get these people to step away and really invest in themselves. And we talk about that heavily for three days, then they have the opportunity to either join or not join. And some people aren't a fit, but we just deem they're not a fit and we're just going in different directions, but they're going to get something out of it no matter what. And so I think that's our secret sauce. And here's our, here's our second secret sauce is I'm no guru. I'm no sage on the stage. I'm not a therapist. I'm a guy who's made a lot of mistakes in business life money and have lived to tell about it. And um, I think that we're walking shoulder to shoulder with these people that he, hey, not only are we talking this talk, we're walking this walk. And with our authenticity, we don't share opinions, we share wisdom. Here's where I messed up. Here's what I did. Here's what I do now. Here's the person I'm working with on this now. And here's what it looks like. And I think people really respect that. I think we crave authenticity. I'm not talking about emotionally vomiting. I'm talking about true authenticity because I don't have all this figured out. And here's what we do and how we do it. I think between those two, it really sets us apart from some of what other folks are doing. Awesome. I appreciate you sharing a little bit more in depth behind that, you know, of saying this, this is, this is a pre-qualified group and, and we want to make sure that they're all in, right. That that's probably number one. And you already have relationships and connection with them. Cause you, how can you not, right. If you've been together with three days, I mean, you know, we're lucky, right. To get 15 minutes, hour, hour, somebody, right. You know, right. If, if you actually get three full days, you, you're going to, you know, as they say, you can play around a golf. Somebody learned a lot about them. Um, you got three days of sleeping with somebody, you know, sleeping in the same cabin. Uh, you're gonna learn a lot more, right? You know, um, that's right. You know, you can't hide in, in three consecutive days uh, with with one another. Um, you have what I liked about it, you talked about that. Well, you talk about your book, and and I think it's a good part. We were talking about beforehand. Like you, we run into so many people who've been uber successful they never literally have to work a, a day again in their life. You know, it's set. Like meaning their financial advisor says you are, you have that and then some. But like kind of what I mentioned, they're about ready to put a pencil in the retina, right? You know, because they can't play another round of golf or catch another fish or shoot another deer. I mean, they're, they're like, they're like bored out of their gourd. And because they're part of their joy was the pursuit was was doing what they were intended to be here on earth for right you know they have this incredible thing now it doesn't always have to be in the corporate world but they have to pursue and and make a greater difference so and then the so you have you have this group that uh and then you have the group that doesn't feel like they can ever leave their golden handcuffs yep. you know they're they're caught they 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 are making very good money and they either have stock options or they have you know they got family at home they got kids going into college and they're like, I can't, I can't never leave this. I'm, I'm, and then they, you know, it's like every day, 
It's like the movie Nobody. If you've seen that, you know, they, they're just like got these clenched fists and they're just grinding just to get to work each day. Um, and it's like, well, how should we feel bad for them? Right. They're living on the top of the world, but they're they're caught in bondage like anybody else. So those are two different groups of people, right, that we talked about, you know, it's Completely. the after and the kind of before. What's the common theme between both? You know, if you may, you know, it, or is there a common theme between both? There's absolutely a common. And this is my very educated opinion. And this word is thrown around a lot, but I'm going to give you my interpretation and definition. And this is through data. This is not anecdotal. Um, I think both of, both of those groups of people, whether they're 100 million, 50 million, 10 million, whatever that number is, is they're seeking a higher purpose to be of service in some way, to use their God-given talents and the things they love doing to make a difference, whether that's in employment, whether it's in business, whether it's in philanthropy, charity, whatever it might be. And what made that first person successful, that competitive drive, that ambition, that growth, that taking risks to get, I mean, unless you're born with it, you get to that level of success. You've all, you've compromised, you've worked very, very hard, but you have brought value into the marketplace in order to make that. And I think they crave that game. I think they crave the competition, but I also think in our core, we're here to serve. We're here to be a purpose. We're not here to be entitled or victims or complacent. We're here to move. And so we get that first person gets that level of sex. So that's purpose. That second person is seeking a higher purpose. You know, we're, we're tied to our mortgages. We're, we're making 250 to 750 a year. We've got the Joneses next door. We got to keep up with their lifestyle. Probably got kids in private school. I've got charitable concerns. I, I like the way I dress. I like the car I drive. If I walk away, I don't have any of that. That's it. That's it. But they hate where they're at. And that is a lack of purpose as well, combined with a boatload of fear and insecurity about what other people think. So mm -hmm. let me be clear. The person worth 50 or $100 million has that insecurity and fear that cares about what other people think. I promise you they do. Mm -hmm. We are not separate. They just have a whole lot of money to give a little bit less care. <laughs> that, that second group definitely cares because if they're staying in a job they hate to live a lifestyle they don't truly enjoy because they're tied to that thing they don't like, then, then it's just an in, endless hamster wheel, right? Of you're going to look back and, and chances are you're compromising your happiness, your fulfillment, and chances are your family and relationships as well to keep that particular lifestyle up. And you're probably working your butt off for honestly, and I don't mean to be mean here, probably for not a lot of money. And so they're both similar in purpose. And we're all similar in insecurities, fears, caring about what other people think, and that voice inside our head that says, what if they figure out I don't know what I'm doing? We're all familiar there. But the common denominator on that second group is the fear of, you know, I have to stay here because out there is so scary. I know what this looks like mm -hmm. out there, whether it's entrepreneurship or going to sell coffee or going to be a farmer or being a painter. I don't, it doesn't matter to me what that is. But to me, this is a very, very preciously short life. And what you'll invest in yourself, what you'll invest in your family, what you'll invest in your relationships, if you have the courage to step through that fear and go chase that dream, when you look back, you won't regret the friendships that you made, the chances that you took, and the woulda, shoulda, coulda's of, hey, maybe going out and trying something else or working towards something else. And so that's a really long-winded answer. So it's purpose, it's insecurity and fears, it's drive, ambition, 
And then that, that's what I would say all of us have in common as a human species, especially human species living in a capitalistic society, which by the way, I love. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. Oh boy, you almost got me on a tangent there and I will stop myself from going there. <laughs> but, but what's awesome is, is, um, I had, I had this experience and I was really fortunate, but it was heartbreaking. Um, Larry Stark, he was a VP of sales, a company I worked for. Uh, we grew that company three and a half times. He was, he was the key, one of the key catalysts behind helping make sure it got done, expanded, had a national sales force. And he just was amazing. And, and, and he, by the way, this was his last of many things that he had created during the world and had a significant impact on the businesses, right? You know, making positive change. So one day he has a, you know, a big mole on his ear and that mole turns into melanoma. Uh, and, and um, you know, I can't remember exact period of time, but 18 months, two years later, after several surgeries and a lot of courage, uh, he, he passes much sooner than, than um, anyone thought he should have. And remember going to his funeral and perhaps the naivety of myself being younger at that point in time, not like I'm that old right now. Uh, but I, I remember going in and just my mind for whatever reason was thinking, Oh, well, they're going to talk about all his business accomplishments. They're going to talk about, they're going to talk about this and that and this and how he tripled that and quadrupled this. And he, no, 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 not, not one time did anyone met, say anything about the amount of money he made, the amount of money he made for other people, nor how much money he had in his bank account, nor any of his business success. But people from each one of his companies and organizations that had been a part of came to the funeral to express how he had made a difference in their lives. Mm, legacy. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that was really profound for me at that point in my life of, of going, wow, you know, the, we gotta be careful. We gotta be super careful of the things we're chasing because when it comes to that end point, keep the end in mind, does anybody matter? Um, so when let, let's, I'm kind of curious because I always like to ask the question, of course, it's called the measure sales podcast. Here you got your business. Let's talk about your business side, right? Your yeah, business side is funny because it's it's business is obviously extraordinarily personal. For me, it is extremely personal. <laughs> yes, yeah. So it, it's really it's like hard. A child. To yeah, yeah. You, you can't really disconnect these two pieces. But let's just, out of curiosity, for you, how are you measuring success? I'll leave it open on the business side behind what you do. I'll start at our vision of success. So when I say vision, this is our North star ish. <laughs> I think it's a little low. We're debating whether this is a little low right now, but it's a million men and women's lives transformed through positive impact through them living their lives on their terms, their demands. For me personally, success is freedom. <laughs> I'm talking about financial freedom, freedom of my time, wh where I choose my time. Now I choose my time on the multiple businesses that we have because I truly enjoy them. 
they truly do make a great impact in this world. And I want to grow them to the point to where I leave something bigger and better. I don't want it to be the Tommy Breedlove band or show because the actor will die, but I want the movies to live on. We have done that with Legendary. It's getting into a lot of hands. That is a legacy project for me. We are building the Legendary Life movement, which is retreats, conferences, masterminds. That's something bigger than me. And so success for me is a million men's lives transformed, a million men, women's lives transformed. And we do have KPIs to measure these things. However, think about that. Think about if, if they're better leaders, they're better people, they're better husbands and fathers and wives. They're better. They're just, they're just working hard on themselves and we're, they'll never get there. We're working project. How many lives those people are going to touch? Mm-hmm. Because if they're entrepreneurs or executives or managers, they're touching other people's lives. And when they lead themselves and then they can go out into the world and lead others. So that would be the definition. Now we have our quarterly goals, our quarterly sales goals, our quarterly sure. expense, you know, we've invested into real estate. We actually own the lodge that we run all our, our events at. And so we have other goals that we have with that, but success for me and our business is freedom of time, freedom of choice and freedom of where we spend, what we want to do. I know, are we doing what we want to do or am I living life for someone else? And so that to me is success, but we do have a tangible visionary success, which will make it a little easier. Um, you know, we, we're starting all of our women's right now. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to be very clear. The reason we're only working with men now is a to screw it up so we can get it right on the women's side. But when men come together and we start talking about, you know, business failings or business mistakes or not being where we want to be in leadership or anything to do with our relationship with our spouse or our family, statistically, don't send me hate mail. This is data. If there's a female in the room, eight out of 10 will shut down. But however, if there's other men in the room who've made that mistake or who want to desire a better relationship or are struggling with their child and the other men lean in, they will lean in and lean up. And so we're creating our women's programs in 2022. We already have a couple of dates set. So we're pretty excited about that because the difference is whether the news tells you or not, they're very, very different and how we react to them are different. Really? And yeah, it's very different <laughs> regardless of what the news tells you. <laughs> I have the data to prove it. So don't let the, don't let the facts get in the way of it. At the end of the day, that's how we measure success, brother. Yep. 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 And, and, and thank you. I, I, I love, thank you for providing more depth. Uh, it was interesting. Part of the reason I, I felt a little bit bad that I fully hadn't fully read your book yet prior to the podcast. Once again, my apologies. But the problem, the problem is, is you have got me to pull out my own notebook to update my own language. I mean, here, I have a screen. Those who are watching on YouTube, I got my, here's my seven steps. And I was like, oh crap, I got, I got to describe a little bit deeper you know, a little more clarity, some of my own pieces, because I, I, this is what I do. This is what we do for a living is to help other people figure it out. And it's funny how, you know, as I said, the cobbler's son, right. It's that their shoes are done last. (laughs) I had some of that own. And so that's why I appreciated uh, reading your book, but literally it gets you to stop. And, and this is really built to like stop and, and, and question, Hey, what is this about? What should I be doing? How to go through you, uh, uh, you, you are obviously a different cat in, in a lot of different ways. Um, and, and I mean that a good, sincere, you know, yeah, sure. I may have been from Linland, the city of sin. You never come out the same way you came in I've been just outside of Boston, Massachusetts go socks, by the way. But, um, but the Ingo Pats and, you know, okay, we, we'll stop them there. But, but anyways, the, the point behind all this is um, you have really two significant transformative lives points in your life i know there's more than that 
But in the book, you talk about these two pieces, one, you're a younger man. And then one, when you had overcome that part to become extraordinarily successful in business. So I, I think this is, I don't know which one you want to go with first, but I, I think it's important to talk about because for one, for I think let's talk about the, the beginning. And, and the reason why I want to talk about that is there's a lot of people, there may be a few people listening here today is like, oh, I, I'm never going to be successful because I, I have a felony or um, I had a DUI or um, I made a really bad mistake doing something, right? Where, where I create pain, harm, tragedy, um, all, all the different things that took place. You, you had that. You had that very personally in your life. So for the audience, you, you want to explain what happened there? And and, um, and I can do both here. at the same time because they're very yeah. related. Yeah. Um, and I'll yeah. do it quickly so that we can dive in wherever you want to dive in. The first thing I want to say to anyone out there who thinks success is out there, you know, we've all had things done to us. We've all done things we regret. We've It can be big or small, right? We've all said things we regret. We've all had integrity breaches, big or small, but we've also had things done to us. The people who said, I'll never be successful because of X, Y, Z, um, you become a victim of your own story. And I, I trust me, you're about to hear someone who is a victim of their own story for 36 years. Mm -hmm. And what we got to do is realize that we can change that story. We can rewrite that story and we can rewire any of those beliefs or internal insecurities or fears that we have. So first of all, I want to say they're not alone. Takes one to know one and B, maybe this will, and you don't have to have this story. Yeah, of course. Don't do compare and compete here. This is just right. a story. You've got your own story. Trust me, I don't want your story and you don't want mine. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up extremely humbly, very blue collar, hardworking part of the world. Unfortunately, I grew up in and around a lot of violence and abuse, especially inside the home um, and outside on the street, but not near as bad as it was on the inside. Unfortunately, I had a full ride to quite a few universities. Go dogs, by the way. Um, and instead of being the first person in my family to go to university and to make something of his best, I became what I hated. I became that violence. I became that abuse. I started running through the wrong crowds and in a fit of rage and anger at 18 years old, I really hurt someone really, really bad. That was very, very important to me. And so as opposed to going to my full ride to the university of Georgia, I was looking at seven years in prison. Luckily, um, from a lot, it was a first offense. I was 18 years old and luckily they dropped it down to two heavy misdemeanors. I was sentenced to two years in prison, uh, two years in jail and spent my 19th birthday incarcerated, literally cleaning toilets in a South Atlanta uh, facility. Here's the really positive thing. And then I'll go through this story really quickly. An African-American gentleman, uh, 40 something year old, I was 18 crossed racial lines and decided to mentor me, love me, hold me accountable and said, you call me young blood, young blood, you're not going to become a part of this revolving door system. Through his guidance, his love, his support, picked myself up, went to work for a nuclear waste container factory for $6 an hour during the day, putting myself through community college at night, did end up at the University of Georgia eventually. And I literally went from a jail cell to Deloitte in three years. And so that's one of the biggest accomplishments. Now let's fast forward and then I'll, it, here comes transition two. So I was, I was, I was no longer going to use my fist or hands or to survive, right. To become that violence, to become that, but I became ultra competitive 
And um, here I am at 36 years old, corner office, fancy cufflinks on the outside. He said, that kid's going somewhere. You know, he's the future of that firm. I was very good at my craft. I could sell it. Um, fancy suit, you name it, man. I had it all. But inside, I'd never dealt with that rage. I never dealt with that anger. I never dealt with that insecurity as of being told when I was a really young boy that I was unlovable, unvaluable, and a piece of garbage. I was literally beat into me as a kid. And I still believe that down in my core, right? And when the money, the power, success, the corner office didn't fill me up, you know, I was wearing all these masks, tough guy, important guy, arrogant guy, couldn't ask for help guy, life of the party guy. I'm the guy that's going to buy all the drinks because I just want you to like me. I just want you to see me. I just want you to love me. And I was doing it in all the wrong ways. And when that didn't fill me up, I turned to the Wolf of Wall Street lifestyle. And it literally at 36 almost cost me my wife, almost cost me my firm and almost cost me my life. And literally laying in a ditch in downtown Atlanta, like probably in some very expensive suit, looking at a blue sky, thinking, my God, how did I get here? It's probably doing some multi-million dollar M&A deal the week before some financial audit. But then literally, I don't know if it was God, that little boy who had never had a chance, but I said, enough is enough. And I'm going to make me my full-time job. And I literally decided to transform my life, work on my inner game, my heart game, my mind game, my soul game. And just to be a man of integrity, just to learn how to respect myself, learn how to love myself, learn how to be me, like the real Tommy, and not some version of Tommy that I wanted the world to see, an actor in a play. And at that moment is when, and I'll give you real quick, in three years when I started making me my full-time job, working on that inner game, I'm telling you, my money doubled, my network 10x. I went from junior partner, senior partner, international practice leader, elected to the board at 39. Most of the people were in their 60s um, just by being a good leader, a good man, a good person. But here's the most important part, from peace of mind to fulfillment to my marriage, went from life support to an oak to just happiness. And I didn't lose my ambition or drive. I just became me. And that, my brother, is when my network, corporate executives, entrepreneurs, bankers, lawyers, M&A guys and gals, they started reaching out to me saying, hey, man, I don't know what you did, but I need some of that. And that's how I landed up in this career. Fast forward 11 years later. So that's the that's the whole story right there, hopefully done fairly quickly. No, it, it's it's really powerful. I mean, it's a really it, it's I think it's so awesome because, you know, this example of. First of all, you overcame that massive first hurdle, which most people don't ever recover from. It's hard. Yeah. And, and then, as you said, you had everything going, but you didn't. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you didn't, I mean, you did, but you didn't, you know, it's a house of cards, man. <laughs> right. Right. And, and so, and, and that's just, so, uh, you know, I'm curious because that's, that's a lot of mind, you know, if you may brain surgery, laugh for lack of a better term, right. And heart tra transformation. And then habit changes, yeah. right? You all of a sudden are going, well, you're, I think you're speaking more like you do now. Probably, you probably weren't saying, I love your brother like you do. You probably weren't saying that, I'm guessing, whatever it was before this happened, right? Uh, you know, beautiful maybe you humans, and I love you, brother. And I actually mean it. I love you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I'm a six foot two big dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, and so how did people know how long did it take people to realize it was authentic? Oh, I think it was over a year. Yeah. Uh, I think they were also waiting to watch the collapse. Mm. And I took a lot of spears, bullets, and arrows from 
my group. I'm talking about my fellow partners. Yeah. I'm talking about my network of very successful people. They, they would literally publicly denounce me because it scared them so much. Hmm. And um, so know, they, hired- well, let me clarify. They were denouncing your change of heart. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I'll give you an example. And, you know, I don't have the non-competes and non-disclosures anymore in a public setting and talking about a big firm in the Southeast, you know, I'd moved on to the middle market space, but, you know, they would literally after an event say, you know, we're going to go to Hooters and then that's code for Hooters and then bars and then more bars and then strip clubs and wherever that comes from there. That's what that was code for. You can say Hooters, but that was the, that was ground zero to what was going to be a huge night. You can either go with us or you can go with Tommy. He'll be in his office with a candle in his butt singing Kumbaya. And that, I wasn't doing any of that. You see the public ridicule? Wow. Because no longer, I was no longer the lion in the room. I was something different. They didn't understand mm-hmm. it. It's not that they're bad people. Yeah. Is they didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. And so I, would, and I took a lot of public criticism for the to change I made. But I think after a year, I think it was an energy flow. I think it was setting the example. I wasn't, I I never talked about anything I was doing. I never once talked about what I was doing. Mm -hmm. I didn't talk about how I was doing it, the coaches I was working with, the books I was reading, the therapy that I was going through for some of the stuff that happened to me as a young boy. I wasn't talking about any of that. I was just showing up. I became, you know, arrogance is loud and insecure. Confidence is quiet. And so I became a lot more quiet. I listened probably triple of what I was speaking um, it was an, you know, you know, people with good energy and people with bad energy, they can yeah. suck the, the life out of the room or they can lift it up. Yep. And so I think talking the talk, walking the walk, I wasn't talking the talk. I was just walking the walk. And I think after a year and, you know, I had a lot of bridges to amend the ones mm. that would let me amend mm. um, because I left a wake of destruction behind me from the competitiveness that I had to making money at all costs to some of the relationships I severed and um, and so I think doing everything in my power to live on what I call the, the right side of the street, not the wrong side of the street for me, what that means to me, I think it took them over a year. And then I think they really, really started understanding it. I mean, I, I literally in a moment of, I got to get out of here over the next six months, sold my equity and took 60 to 70% of our household income away overnight to go chase this dream. Cause I believed in it so much. And I just knew I didn't want to be in that world anymore. And so I think they really knew I was walking the walk when this guy, and, and trust me, I lost half my network at that time because they thought I was insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course. Like, this, is, this guy's gone crazy. He's joined a cult, man. And I, you know, I had not, mm-hmm. but cut. And here's the thing, the different, the, the, the thing that I do now that I did back then is every single day I work on that inner game, self-respect, self-confidence, wisdom, seeking, reading, meditating, gratitude, walking the walk so that I can lead me so that I can lead others. And I'll leave it at that, brother. Uh, it's, it's an awesome, your testimony is awesome. And, and it's, uh, it really is. I mean, sincerely, it, it, you know, we forget in the good book, I'm referring to the Bible, those who are familiar with it. Uh, other than one, everyone, every other person was pretty much a train wreck. <laughs> and God, God found a way an opportunity to, you know, get, get some of the work for them. And, and, um, and we all that's putting are. it mildly, by the way, that's like a really nice thing to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but, but we, but we all are, you know, we all have our, our, some have small train wrecks, some have big train wrecks, yeah. but, but we all fall short and, um, but amazing things can happen through us, you know, when, when we allow, yeah. right. God, and you mentioned something too, which is, I think, so profound that you're alluding to 
it's so fascinating. And I'm just going to go to good to good to great behind me. Um, you know, Jim Collins, despite every single ounce of his soul, said, I do not want this to be a leadership book. Mm. And after every single research thing, they, they finally just called him out. They said, Jim, you know, you are wrong. <laughs> Because every single leader is a level five leader. Now they changed the level five leader because they didn't want the world to be annoyed by the comment that they were servant based leaders. What does that mean? The company, the organization, the people around them meant more to them than themselves. Mm. Right. So, so that was the big difference. You know, it was this, it was this outpouring. They didn't, they didn't have lack of ego. But their ego was their organization. It was their team. It was the people they're making a difference with. Yep. There was those are the level five leaders. Those are the greatest organizations that had been recorded, and they were during that period of study. You can't refute the data. Um, and and so it's interesting how you talk about how you changed from once again the lion I mentioned. But but what's interesting is the the, the lamb, so to speak, right? You know, is more powerful. You know, oh, yeah. um, and, and walking with the dog, you know, it's it's what what's fascinating is the things that were that the world sees as success is often not. Oh, it's empty. So it's I go back to Larry Stark and I mentioned, right, you know, and it is nobody cared. Nobody cared about all the deals, all the things, all the they, what they cared about is the legacy. And as your turn, read his resume, they're not going right. to read his resume. Yeah. Right, right, right. So and if they do, you have. <laughs> probably truly failed everything else in business. <laughs> Sorry, we couldn't find anything, but here's his resume. So here's what he did. Here's his resume. We're just going to read this as a eulogy. <laughs> Don't you know they just read from LinkedIn and then they were done? <laughs> Man, that's when you have like, I don't know where he ended up, but yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. That's good stuff. So, um, okay. This is, this is, um, it's been awesome. So I, I, I want to go a little bit further, though, on, on just talking about. So we have the difference we ha have. So what are the steps that you're typically, you know, actions? Let's go, go forward to clearly, you know, once again, this this we have to change our habits. Yes. Right. You know, so one thing is, first of all, and, and I'll just say this, each person is measuring their own success. That's why I call this. Measure, and by the way, I don't give what success is because success is different for each human. Yeah. Totally. Right. Right. You, you know, so you have to go within. Gosh, if you haven't, you know, here we are in 30 some odd episodes. If you haven't figured that out yet. OK, that's that's kind of the core message. you got to figure out your own success. And um, but secondly, like describing what love is, it means something different to everybody. Right. Right. And, and, and so so that's that part. Um, you mentioned a little bit, but I, let me just ask you in a different way. What are the habit changes that people have to start doing so they can start reaching their success more deeply. Totally. I think, and I love the word you use, and that's why I open up Legendary with it. It's, it's action. And I learned this from a great book called Feck Perfection. Go with that. That's a crazy <laughs> name, Feck Perfection. Um, and he says, and it's the James Victor, he says, intention without action and action without intention, I'll, I'll say it the nice word, is nonsense. He says it a little different than that, but intention mm -hmm. without action and action without intention is nonsense. Mm -hmm. So I think we have to set the intention, the strategy, set our goals, the strategy, set our vision, our mission, the strategy, but we got to take action. Mm -hmm. And that's the habits. That's a, you know, the law of attraction is great. Karmatic law is great. Soul's great. Spirit's great. But it requires you to move. 
you can't sit there and meditate your way into a million dollars. You have to actually take actions in order to do it. So for me, I'm going to, I'm going to start with theory and then I'm going to go deep into the actual habits. And we go deep into these in legendary. You pick the flavor that means something to you, different flavors for different people and different things work. That's why we put so many in there, Um, but they're simple and they're actionable. So to me first, I think we need a paradigm shift. We say our family and friends are first, our business is second. (laughs) Sorry, forgive me for laughing. (laughs) Yeah, we say that. But the truth is, if you're listening to this podcast and two men speaking to you, we put our businesses first, our family and friends second, and ourselves last. To me, we need a paradigm shift. We need to put ourselves first. And I'm talking about leaning in to lead ourselves. We can't lead others if we don't lead ourselves. Can't respect others if we can't respect ourselves. Can't truly love others if we're beating our nonsense out of ourselves and our minds and hearts. So the paradigm shift is this. And it's going to sound like the most selfish thing. It's the actual, the most selfless. You want to be a successful leader? Be successful at leading yourself. When you do this, you are actually making the best investment into your business or your career that you'll ever make. So I'm talking about the first habit Every single day is when you get up and you open your eyes, instead of grabbing your phone and heading to the bathroom, the habits are this, you start investing yourself immediately. And I'm talking about, it could be an hour a day. It could be two hours a day. And it takes, and it's just like muscles in order to build your physical muscles. If you stop working out and running and doing cardio, you're going to get atrophy, right? Same thing with nutrition. You'll gain weight. Same thing goes with your heart, your mind, and your soul. You've got to work on those muscles every day, even when they're weak. And if you don't think we're emotionally, mentally, and spiritually weak, turn on the news and social media. That will show you how weak we are. But we've got to change the paradigm. We have to build habits. And I'll give you some of what mine are. We have to build habits. Like every single day I wake up, I'm spending an hour on mental, emotional, spiritual, and I'm spending about an hour on physical. That's what I do. And sometimes I mix it up during the day, depending on my day goes. I'm not that dogmatic 5 a.m., 4 a.m., 3 a.m., 2 a.m. nonsense. It's out there in the entrepreneur world. I, I mix it up. I get it in when I can. But it's going to be an hour or two today. That's literally a small percentage of your day so that you can go lead and love better into your businesses and lives. And so for me, the daily habits that I have that I, that I cannot miss is I, I, I have a formal and informal gratitude practice. I have a formal intention setting practice. I pray, I meditate, I'm always reading one or two books. One of them is always in the self-development and or business space, always. I'm reading one of and the other is usually a great historical book and or biography. You see some of the biographies over my left shoulder because I wanna read what other great people who inspired me have done. And I also see how human and messed up they were as well, like all the greats. And so for me, it's meditating, it's journaling, it's gratitude, it's a formal intention setting practice, it's prayer, it's meditation, it's getting quiet. I spend a lot of quiet time. I take walks on a daily basis, usually without any kind of stuff in my ears so that I can just kind of get clear and think about where we're wanting to go. And finally, you can't do anything without your fortress being protected. So for me, the priorities are this, rest number one, that's that's where we fail the most. And I'm talking sleep and resting, having some fun. Number two would be your physical body. Number three would be your heart, mind, and soul. And they're all, it's one stew. If you take ingredients out, the stew stinks. And so there's a billion different habits. There's a billion different strategies. We list a whole boatload of simple, simple, simple things in uh, Legendary to help you lead yourself. It is a leadership book, but it's about leading yourself and living the life that you want to live 
and the, with the ambitions you want. And so that hopefully you'll leave a legacy and I'll, I'll leave it at that brother. No, I, I, I love it. And um, thank you for providing more depth and details. Cause uh, often we'll read something, Oh, you got to work on yourself. And it's like, well, what does that mean? And, and they don't actually understand it takes hard work. And what we do one divided by one hour divided by 24 hours. That's, that's not a big percentage of your life. No. And it's better than watching. And I, Hey man, there's some TV shows like Peaky Blinders. I know that is just trash TV. I love it. I'm just going to own it. But that's poison going in your eyes and ears, man, because it's just it's it's just anger and hate and division and fighting. And, but it, you know, it's a guilty pleasure. But think about when you're doing that, you're putting nutrition, you're putting goodness, you're putting seeking, you're putting wisdom into your eyes as opposed to our division, our, our news, our poison and all that. And by the way, the last thing I do, I'm going to own this because I want everyone to hear me. I'm in the self-development coaching space. It fell in my lap. We talked about it before you and I got on air. I'm going to spend three days with Darren Hardy next week. Hmm. I invest. I don't just walk the walk. I mean, I don't talk the talk. I walk the walk. I work with coaches. Mm -hmm. I was on with therapists this morning. I haven't talked to him in two years. I'm like, you know what? I just need to check in. I need to check in. Where's my blind spots? Where am I not seeing where I'm supposed to be? Here's my relationship with my wife right now. And he's, he's like talking to Yoda, man. He's always giving me great tools and tips. I'm like, God, I leave better than him. So, and that's just me being honest. Talk to my therapist today, constantly working with coaches. I'm constantly sharpening my pencil and I also have an internal board of directors that I meet with once a month mm. to love me, but also kick me in the face and hold me accountable. So it's also, I do invest in myself just like I ask others to do it. So I work with people to help me sharpen my pencil. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. I, you said, you mentioned you're going to the Darren Hardy training. I'm a huge fan of Darren Hardy as well. Um, and, and uh, they talk about the couple of things they talk about is once again, focusing on working on yourself creating those habits and actions as we talked about, not just talking about it. And, and Brian Tracy talks about this too, is that if you take, if you invest 10% of your earnings into yourself, Returns the return you get. Yes. Yes. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. The amount, you know, you see you walk back. I mean, people who, who aren't listening distance, see what Tommy did. He just walked back like, Yes, this is the thing. And it's not because you're in this. It's because you know the return it creates. I, I have multiple. I've lived on both too. sides. I've lived on both sides. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so it is, um, I love it. I, I love the part around it. One of my favorite clients, um, he's one of the top financial advisors in the US. And he has a habit-driven ritual that would blow your mind. It looks like he is doing the Olympics. You know, he, that, I mean, that, that is how ingrained, you know, they, they, there was this, um, I think the saying in the good to great was rinsing your cottage cheese, right? You know, <laughs> of like, well, that's silly. Why would you rinse your cottage cheese? But the concept, once again, is just you're so driven to do better work, to be a better human, to be a better mm. father, to be a better husband, wife, whatever, friend you know, and boy, holy cow, uh, if any of my family has been listening to this one, you know, for, just forgive me and sorry, and I apologize. Boy, I, I fall short too many days, too many times. We all um, do. We all do. You're right. not alone in that. We right. all do. But, but the, the, we don't ever get a chance if we don't work on our, our ourselves to be better at it, right? You know, the times where typically I fail is because I am tired. It's the end of the day. You know, and I and I I haven't re 
re-energize my mind a bit. If you know, uh, I came back from a flight last night. Um, and my, my youngest daughter said, would, Hey, Oh, look, the dog just, uh, all the water's gone. Would you fill that up? And I was like, what you're telling me to do what? (laughs) I totally had this advert and that that was not a good human moment, nor servant based leader. I tell you that. I mean, (laughs) and, and so, um, we, we all still fail, but it's important to, to recover, forgive, say, sorry. Once again, if I didn't say, forgive me, sorry, kids, you know, sorry. Um, but that the importance of just once again, continuously refresh ourselves. Cause, um, I have, a uh, a year ago, my, my appendix burst and I, um, and it didn't just burst. It like, um, blew up. Um, and, uh, so I was in a hospital about hundred miles away from my house and um they had four days ng tube down down my throat you know and i was there a full week in the hospital this is the middle of covid and um and here i'm a year later i'm about a month away from running my first marathon and but how was because i finally followed a program and a strategy to get there right and it took small habits i thought i could run three miles after not moving for six months oops that was like the big talk about the biggest failure <laughs> an hour less. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it's, it's funny how, once again, we have to do these things, make these changes, do these incredible things. Um, okay. So we're getting near the end here, Tommy, uh, of things. Um, what is, what is one thing? And we got a couple of these, these questions I asked you with, what's the one thing that, um, well, obviously, we I recommend people to, to pick up your book at Legendary and, and take a look at it. But even if they didn't, and, and the one thing they need to take away from your experiences, one little habit, and outside of the, the 50 things, what's the one thing that somebody could do today, tomorrow, to start getting themselves a path to where they're starting to, they are starting to be, have the life that was intended for them. Yep. Um, if I had to pick one thing, I would look over my shoulder. If you, if this is going to be recorded on video, put on YouTube, it is look over Carl's shoulder and look over my shoulder. they both have one thing in common is there is some great, great, great wisdom behind us and unapplied wisdom is absolutely useless and pot quite possibly the saddest thing on earth read every single self-development and business book you can get your hands on, but apply at least one or two things per book. Yeah. So it's intention and action. If I had to think of the one thing, cause it has rewired my mind, it's rewired my heart, it's rewired my soul. It's gave me tools and wisdom, but I have to apply these. And I take it such an extreme. I'll pick one or two per book and I have my entire team get involved in it. That way I can't let myself down because then I'm letting them down because they're doing it with me. Mm-hmm. So I would say read every single thing. And if you don't like to read, like even Legendary, my book, I will read it to you via Audible. You don't even have to read it. I'll read it to you. Um, and so listen and or read everything you can get your hand on and apply at least one principle into your life that will change. And I'm talking exponentially. If you just do that one simple thing every day, compound interest, man, it'll pay dividends. Like you've never seen. I hear you. Um, You remember Zig Ziglar, the late great Zig Ziglar. And um, you know, one of his great terms was to be a great leader. You have to be a great reader. Um, 
And I, I, I say be a great listener because I typically do audiobooks as well. Uh, that's my yeah. favorite way to learn and, and go through things. Uh, but yeah, absolutely. That is a great wisdom suggestion. So on that term, on those notes, um, you actually in the back of your book have a, a multiple suggestions of books in different areas that you'd recommend for, for, but for our audience, if there's, let's say two books outside of your book, so two book, you know, that, that like they <laughs> should, or sorry, I, I haven't plugged it enough. You know, they're, they're, they're going to definitely read it, you know, because you got an awesome story and it's, it is a simple, I say this wholesome, simple wisdom book. It's of wisdom. very simple. Yeah. Yeah. That, that anybody can actually discern. I think that's why it's done so well. It's executable and it's simple and it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I said, it's stopped. My biggest problem is stopped me along the way listening to it. Cause I'm like, Oh crap, I got to apply this. So I'm like applying things right away. And it's, it's held me up on my, my completion. What, what are, what are a, a couple books along these lines of trying to attain wisdom that you recommend? All right. I'm going to go outside the lines here. Okay. I'm going to do very, very different books. Cause I was, I'll tell you what I was going to say, because I just love it. I've read it like six times. Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. I just yep. love that book. I've probably read it. And I've worked that book about six times. I'm going to do two different ones, though. I'm not going to do those. I'm going to do I'm going to go into biography and then into fiction. Are you ready for this? Yeah. And I would listen to both of these because if you look at them, you're going to get overwhelmed. I would read Alexander Hamilton by Ron Chernow. And I'm talking about from someone overcoming everything to becoming everything to you'll learn so much history about this country, how it was formed, the sacrifices those men and women made, the mistakes in humanity that man had to the vice president shooting him to killing him, which is you think we got problems now, shoot. Um, I think from a historical perspective, from an inspirationalist perspective, from a how this country was formed perspective, it is world-class and world-class written. It's such a good book. I read it back to back. And so that's, that's how. And the second one I read back to back, and this is fiction, do not send me hate mail, but I'm just going to tell you what it is because I believe this country needs it right now. Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. I read it back to back. And you're talking about someone who wrote a fictional book based on her experiences as a Jew in Russia and seeing communism, seeing totalitarianism, seeing fascism, and then working her way here into the United States and writing a fictional world-class story. Um, I would say those two books is, is if I could make required reading and I don't have that ability or power, I'm going off the, off the, off the scope here. Um, but I would read those two books. And if you listen to them, you'll take a journey like no other. And by the way, my favorite character, real or fake, I love Abraham Lincoln, but outside of maybe Abe, is Hank Reardon in Atlas Shrug? If I had to come back and be somebody, I think it would be him. <laughs> that is awesome. That Atlas Shrug, it is. I agree. It's a better audio. Uh, I mean, easier, right? Easier. It's easier. To I mean, it'll discern. overwhelm you if you pick it up. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, yeah. It's like, can I get the uh, you know few chapter version and, and take it? But it is, it is powerful. It's a great metaphor um, and, and to view things, and it's. I'll throw in, if you're going to read that, read Animal Farm. Boy, that was Ooh, like love a, it. one of the most simple classics out there. Um, good reading for, once again, modern world, right? You know, that we're in today. Um, this has been absolutely awesome, Tommy, uh, talking with you. This is, I knew this was going to be as fun. And, and uh, I wish I could, I, if I had like a O'Daly show, I would force you to, I would, well, I can't force you to do anything. I'd like, <laughs> okay, I, I, want, I want my five-minute Tommy segment. Um, 
I know I'm on Tommy's daily email. He has a, a daily thing that comes out. Uh, uh, so Tommy, what are some ways that people could get connected with you on a regular basis? Absolutely. First of all, if, if check out the book, it's at all your favorite bookstores. I'll read it to you. It's an electronic hardback software. It's, it's, it's around. <laughs> it's simple. It's executable. It's fun. I think you'd really enjoy it. And I think at least one thing would change. I'd say reach out to that. Um, follow us on social media. We're actually on social media, but we put out light. We put out leadership, light, goodness, no, no politics, no division, no hatred. Um, or if you're interested in maybe getting involved with a retreat or coming to a conference or joining a mastermind or our community, we have, a, we have some other things that we're doing community-wise. Um, reach out to us at info at tommybreedlove.com. We'd love to hear from you. We have three people, including myself, that check that info at tommybreedlove.com. Ask us about a retreat. Ask us about mastermind. We do do some one-on-one -on -one coaching. That's a little different game. But uh, yeah, please reach out to us. Check us out on social media at Tommy Breedlove and, or, or check out the book. There's a bunch of ways to connect with us. Tommy, it has been an absolute uh, pleasure to have you on. Uh, I love your, once again, I can't say enough about what you're doing, your messaging, your stories. Uh, you're definitely somebody I follow on a regular basis now and uh, look forward to continuing to hear your success, but more importantly, the success that you're driving in others. And so thank you so much for that. And uh, so, Tommy, thank you so much for being on the Measure Success podcast show. What an honor, my brother. Here's to uh, participating in our own rescue and being a little bit better every day. Absolutely. And to everyone else, we're wishing you the very best at measuring your success. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Measure Success podcast. We'll see you again next time to learn from the best. Remember to subscribe now to get future episodes.